Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you this is the final word, Ashes Daily, coming to you from the turf of the Oval for the second last or possibly third last time during this Ashes series. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, the podcast brought to you by Seabus Super. They're at seabussuper.com.au. Adam, tell us about today, about the third fourth third day third day day. um can't remember anything day three day three of the test match the third day in 30 seconds or less it was a day where england did what we didn't expect they would do about the whole day and batted relatively conservatively for the most part as well they showed a little bit of steel Uh, australia created plenty of chances but they were sloppy along the way for the most part they're three one three for eight or eight for three one three at the close so their leads 382 runs denley six short of what otherwise would have been a maiden test hundred a half century for stokes Butler biffed them around and, uh, well, really, um, that's not much more to report than that. Nathan Lyon probably has three wickets at this stage. Siddle picked up a couple. Only one between Hazelwood and Cummins. Not Australia's best day. Uh, and, and tomorrow it's going to depend heavily on whether Steve Smith can do something else miraculous. Who'd rule it out? But England beautifully positioned. The context then is that, yeah, uh, Australia 382 behind already. Two more wickets to take. So yep. that could push up to sort of 400, you know, up towards world record range. So that's the kind of chase that they will have ahead of them over the last most of two days of the Test match, presuming they can get those wickets early, which you wouldn't necessarily bank because, you know, Jack Leach no. doesn't tend to get out and, and Joffre Archer hasn't made a score, but he, you know, he looks like he can bat well enough to do it at some stage. So you never know on, on that front. But Australia yeah, well, they will be... were loving it towards the end, weren't they? I yeah. mean, like, you would have thought there when Australia taking a, a slew of wickets in the last hour that they were going to roll through them and England might even declare this evening. I yeah. thought for a while they'll look maybe a cheeky four overs before the close, but... I'll tell you what, this is probably more Hall of Fame worthy, but I'll mention it now. 
the way the crowd responded to Jack Leach walking out and the way they responded to him as he got through that tricky little yeah. bit at the end with Pat Cummins peppering him with short stuff. Couldn't have imagined it a month ago. The, the and the st- way they responded when he played a beautiful on drive yeah, from Cummins yeah, for three yeah, down absolutely. the ground. Absolutely. The stand-up if you love Jack Leach stuff, the whole crowd were on their feet. I mean, it's been a weird summer. Who would have thought that Jack Leach would be the poster boy of England cricket? I mean, it's it's beyond belief, really. Yeah. And, and here he is at the end of a weird series, which... We'll probably finish two all now unless something miraculous happens or there's a, a torrent of rain from somewhere that we're not expecting in the forecast so far. And, and, and that'll be that, and it'll probably be just about the right result given that Australia haven't played well this week at all. Well, yeah, it could be the right result given that both teams are pretty ropey teams yeah, and, yeah. and finishing level Both teams that deserve to sense. lose two test matches is probably a better way of putting it. That, across, yeah. the, across the way That's a nice the summary. series has gone. I don't think England have necessarily deserved to win two, but mm. Australia have deserved to lose two, and the reverse yep. is true as well. And, and it's also when I was put on the spot on, on radio at the start of the series, that's what I said to all. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trending well to, to have this sweep my, come through. My, my prediction before the series started was the same as it was in 2015, which us rather 2017-18 which was no test will go five days and look I think we're on track at the moment for three or four of the five tests to go five days so yep. I've, got to, I've got to start making that prediction but anyway yeah it's become your five nil it's become my thing. your personal five nil <laughs> <laughs> what was it like STIs were my personal Vietnam the, uh, <laughs> the, the, line, Trump, yeah. the line from the current yeah. president um, of the USA so there won't be rain well, presumably no, there won't no, no. be. It's been a gorgeous three days at the Oval. Um, well, that's presuming that past events can indicate future events. But uh, we haven't had a drop of rain so far in this Test match. And Australia are in massive strife, honestly. They're a, they're a pretty shabby batting side apart from one guy. And uh, if he can't make 200, they're not going to chase 400 no. in the last innings. So, you know, England should be able to win this. They probably didn't feel they needed to declare before stumps because they'll still have the best part of two days to bowl at Australia. And, and if you're... If your bowling lineup is bowling for two and a bit days, they're they're going to be cooked and they're not going to be able to bowl a team out. So, well, I mean, it, there's a few things to pull from this. I mean, we we talked about the toss quite a bit over the first two days on the show, and look, Australia had to bowl all day on Sunday, then all day on Thursday, then at the start of Friday, then they bowled uh, last night as well again for a second time, and and they've bowled all day today. It's almost understandable that Cummins in his fifth Test match of the series and Hazelwood in his fourth in the last five weeks, I think it works out to be. You kind of get there knackered, don't you? I mean, the rotation policy, they didn't quite go through it all the way to the end. I thought they'd leave out one or both of these players, but they were desperate to, you know, win their quote-unquote grand final this week and keep both guys in the side. That partly is why they included Mitchell Marsh, who bowled pretty nicely today as well, I should add. But, um, yeah, it just kind of hasn't worked. They, they Perhaps they should have gone the whole hog on the rotation and kept Stark or considered Pattinson. And there's a number of ways yeah. they could have got around it because, and that's no criticism. Of, of Cummins and Hazelwood, by the way. They did the best they could, but Payne keeps chucking them the ball for short spells. They're, they're probably knackered. Well, exactly, yeah. Cummins got one wicket, which was down the leg side, yeah. um, you know, gloved away, and, and a great catch, but that was about the only thing that went right for Payne today. A couple yeah. of couple of leg befores that were three reds that were not given and weren't challenged. Um, people are uh, sheeting that home to the captain, which doesn't entirely make sense for me, because if you're behind the batsman, you're not in a great position to judge an LBW. If the umpire and the bowler both say, I'm not sure, so I'm not going to give it out, then, you know, what's a wicketkeeper supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, the Marsh one, he was absolutely insistent that it was out um, yeah. when he was appealing, but yep. I think but that's kind of a junior Yeah, I think that's a junior yeah. player in the side problem, yep. and he shouldn't be a junior player, by the way, he's been vice-captain of this yeah. test team, but he did walk up to Payne and kind of 
sight indecision. And, I mean, I have to say, I thought it was going down the leg side watching it yeah. on the screen. I was watching yep. that ball on the screen rather than in okay. the middle, and I thought well, that was probably trending down leg. I thought there might have been an inside edge. So that, there might have been a reason to, to not do it. But, yeah, three reds, and there was another one in the final session Lion, too, Lions. Um, yeah, so which is, you know, when the keeper's even closer up and yeah. can't really judge where the ball is pitched necessarily. So He has got a terrible record, though, doesn't he, yeah, Payne? I mean, I, I haven't looked at his numbers on it necessarily, but the, the stats are going to be pretty ugly on the yeah. use of DRS. I think, uh, if, I think from memory it might be something like 6 out of 40 or something like right. that. Or 6 out of 36 or something. It's 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 unflattering, put it that way. Yep. So there was, there was kind of an arm wrestle through the first part of the session because uh, Burns slogged away for a while and got to 20. Root slogged away for a while and got to 21. Nathan Lyon got both of them out, got a, an under edge from Burns caught behind and then had uh, Root caught it slip just, just in that channel outside off stump, the Root Canal, if you will. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I thought at that moment that Lyon's a chance of running through them, not because of the Burns dismissal. That was a four ball, that was Bats Panera, and against the grain too. Burns looked really yeah. good this morning. It was a it bit was, of a quicker one, like it skipped on a bit and didn't get up as high It just as didn't thought. bounce. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just one of those ones, a little bit of volatility, not a huge amount, but enough to deceive the batsman. He would have thought that with Lyons overspin that it probably would have gone a bit more and it didn't. But the and ball root, to Lyons... played for turn. Or rather, the ball to Root. Yeah, the yeah. ball to Root. That was good bowling. It was overspin. That was, that was, um, that's a wicket that Lyons taken many times from right-handed batsman across his long career and, and Root fell for that trap of um, playing for spin when, when he should have been playing for bounce and so it was kind of the, the reverse of the, the Burns wicket but he, but he didn't quite go through them. Partially informed, I'm sure, by the fact that he had to go off the field a couple of times to get mm. his finger dealt with. I don't know what exactly they're doing up there, but clearly that spinning thing is still causing him some trouble from last week. So that's another question about selection. I mean, they haven't got another spinner on the tour. They didn't yeah. really have the chance to go with four quicks here given the time of year. You need a frontline spinner. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, the selectors have done a great job across the series. But, you know, a few questions this week I think that are worth asking. Yeah, that, that's been a question in particular. You know, you can't, you can't come to the ground where, you know, Murali took 16 wickets or whatever it was, yeah. and, or 13, I think. And, well, this and, time uh, of year. And, yeah. and not bring a spinner into the side. So after those first two, it was Denley who profited from the, the not out against Mitchell Marsh where he was... I thought he was plumb when I saw it live, but um, it, there was that bit of angle on it and maybe that was the indecision. And then he put on 129, I think, with Stokes. I think 127 with Stokes, so I think it was Something for, the, like that. for the third week. But, I mean, again, with Denley, like, look at the way that Denley came out this morning. He came out and played aggressively against Lyons, took 11 from Lyons first over, got him out of the attack, took on Peter Siddle. So neither of the two change bowlers could settle. So in response... Payne brings back Cummins at one end and Hazelwood at the other. So, like, yeah. it was Denley's assertiveness which yep. changed the game. And then when also the it's just big... after Burns got out, like that was part of it as well. I think is it Burns? There was Burns's wicket and, and but, Payne. But, thought... but Lyon was on before that. Yeah. So basically, the, the the sequence was that Lyon obviously gets Burns, but yeah. that was in his second time. Lyon had yeah. t- that was Lyon's second spell of the morning. Oh, so well, I mean, Cummins, Cummins spell... and Hazelwood were brought back on as soon as Burns got out as well. There was that sort no, of no, no, sure, yeah. sure, sure. But, but like, like, yeah, that's right. They wanted to have Cummins bowling at root, understandably in after the, the last in the overwork part of things. Yeah, but but that's where Denley was savvy. So there's there's a wicket. He hits line out of the attack. Essentially hits Siddle out of the attack, although that was less obvious. But then he just completely dead bats Cummins and Hazelwood, and they're back out of the attack. And suddenly it's Mitchell Marsh and Lyon. And we mentioned the dismissal of Joe Root, but it was good game management from a veteran. And you'd expect that from Denley. He's captain his county. He knows what's going on. He's been around the block plenty of times. But that was most impressive. So yes, he did give a chance last night to Marcus Harris. Should have been out on nothing. But the sign of a really good player is that when you give a chance 
which batsmen often do at this level, or if you play a miss several times, we talked about Rory Burns at the start of the series, a really good player will not let it infect their next ball. And that's where Denley was great today. Like Denley didn't let these um, series of moments before it seem to affect the way that he was taking on the game. It was clever cricket. Look, at the end of the day, he should have made three figures. He should have still been batting well into the final session, but Payne backed in Siddle. Siddle only bowled four overs out of the first 56. Then he came back just before T, found Denley's edge, bounced just in front of Payne. Mm, Payne was up to the stumps at that point. Uh, no, no, he wasn't at that point. So the edge before before the tee break, that bounced in front of Payne. And then he went with Siddle again after tee. Bowls a maiden at Stokes to start with. I mean, when, then, the, when the wicket fell, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. But this, the, the sequence of events is quite, I thought, quite a telling, almost moving part of the day. So um, Siddle bowls these two overs after tee, the second of which Stokes takes 13 from. Stand and deliver down the ground, slaps him past point. I was watching Siddle with my binoculars, walking to find leg, and I reckon Siddle thought that's my last over in international cricket. I reckon he thought, I'm not getting back on here. I've had Stokes tear me apart. He's batting with Denley near 100. They've put on well over 120, whatever it is. And then the next over line gets Stokes with a beauty. Payne persists with Siddle unexpectedly. Mitchell Marsh was warming up. Marsh was coming on. But Payne said, hang on a second, we'll give Siddle one more. And then he sets up Denley beautifully. It's like he was yeah. liberated by the fact that he thought it was all over. Right. Finds the inside edge, beats the outside edge of Bairstow, cuts Denley in half with a bullet, just missed the middle stump. And then with Payne up to the stumps, gets the outside edge, taken by Stephen Smith, gets his 220th test wicket, which I don't think he thought he was going to get. So mm. it was kind of nice how, even though he looks shot, and look, he probably won't play another test match. I love Peter Siddle, but I, I can't imagine he'll play again for Australia. At least we got like one more vignette, one more little moment of class from him yep. over what's been a long and a long and illustrious career. 220 wickets, not many people do that. So the, the point just before Denley was out, that was when Stokes was out, got a, a beauty from Lyon. But even at that point, it looked like Australia were basically done. It was 3 for 214 at that point. So they yep. were, what, 280 ahead England at that stage and you're thinking even that's going to be oh, a, yeah, a difficult yeah. chase and, and anything else that gets added that so Stokes got a line around the wicket floats the ball into him um, Stokes tries to defend down the line imagining it'll straighten the ball turns more than that past the straightening point yep. um, past the edge takes his off stump just beautiful bit of off spin bowling so 3 for 214 and then Denley shortly thereafter 4 for 222 but they just didn't quite go away you know Bairstow didn't make too many Curran didn't make too many but they were batting with Butler who was hitting out and the runs kept coming and Australia just were, were at that point of tiredness where they couldn't you know get on that roll to just keep the wickets coming without without conceding a score yeah the, the one thing I'd say in Australia's favour is they didn't throw in the towel in the field so Smith takes a blinder off Ooh. Late in the day off uh, or No, the bowler was Sorry, Mitchell Marsh. Marsh. Yeah, but I'm trying to think, it was, was it Wokes facing at the time maybe? Uh, Either yes. way, it was, it was a screamer yep. when he was it moving was to his right. It was as good as the catch that Burns took the day before. So they were the, probably the, yep. the two best catches of the series really. And then Labashane takes one at deep square leg off Siddle. So Siddle gets a, From another wicket off Butler. And you know, Siddle probably deserves to get a fraction of luck given five catches have been put down off his bowling in the series. So yep. he gets another wicket at, just before stumps and whatever. So they, they did hang in there in the field even though through the day they've been ropey. Yeah, it was, it was more like having missed a bunch of chances, they got a couple back. But that, by yeah. that point, it was basically too late. By that Absolutely. point, they were yeah. they were three sixty odd behind or whatever it was. But yeah, it was it was a, an incredible catch. If you can find a video of the Smith catch, diving full length, one handed uh, at slip, and then Marnus belting in off the rope, diving forward off a top edge hook shot. You know, just a, and late in the day when it was getting dark and it's quite hard yeah. to see the ball, they were extraordinary bits of fielding. So they're on down the to the catch, last two. So just one more thing to add on the Smith catch was that. Um, let's remember where we started this series uh, at Birmingham and, and how the booing 
followed Smith kind of wherever he went. And there was probably booing when he was batting yesterday, although I didn't detect it. They were cheering him today. When he, when he took that catch, the, the crowd were very appreciative of the mm. excellent cricket and the excellent skills on display. So, I don't Knowledgeable know, crowd here. They always say that. Well, very knowledgeable. <laughs> less about knowledgeable crowd and more, I just think, the fact that, that, that it's run its course. Yep. And now people are now kind of like, okay, now we can... At the very end of the series, now, now now we can kind of respect Smith okay. for his cricket more than focusing yeah. and fixating on what happened at him. Now ago. the crowd and Steve Smith can lie back in bed, light a cigarette, <laughs> and start a conversation about the universe. Well, I'll tell you what, if he gets busy tomorrow, you, you mentioned on the show yesterday, Jeff, that he averages 31 in fourth innings and never made a century. I'll tell you he'll know everything about that. SPD Smith, he'll know that back to front. He'll know his numbers <laughs> inside out. You can be sure that... He'll want to make amends there. And yeah, they're going to be chasing more than 400, but I see that as an opportunity. <laughs> I, I see the fact... I, I was egging it on earlier today. I'm like, I want England to bat all day yep. so that Smith can get beyond 905 or could yeah. possibly, in a freakish occurrence, get beyond 974. Now, neither yep. of those things will probably happen, but at least there's a chance. Dare to dream, <laughs> dare to fly. Um, you, you, ideally, you want Australia to be chasing 420. And then Smith to blaze up. Blaze it up, light it um, up. Yeah. yeah, get Borough Glenn Maxwell's bat and just blaze, baby. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's a chance. It's a chance he, he could get that fourth innings 100. Uh, but they've got to get a Leach and Archer out, and then they've got to get Broad out. And I wouldn't put it past, you know, Leach to make a stubborn 40 and then the Stuart Broad to come in and whack 50 at the end and Australia's chasing 600. But who knows? <laughs> uh, we've seen weirder things happen. We've seen weirder things happen than, than Australia chasing down a huge score on a good padding pitch. So. Well, well, look, tomorrow will probably be the last day of the summer. All things being equal, uh, England should have enough time to bowl Australia out tomorrow given what we've seen through the series and if they don't you know day five either way like it's going to be a massive fourth innings chase but I just add that this has been a weird summer it'll probably be the final day of the international summer but with so many things happening along the way I feel like we're we're destined to have one more quirky odd thing happen like even if it's like Australia at stumps tomorrow are like two for 214 and they're like well maybe they can bat the whole of the fifth day and save the t-. you know like I see one more thing happening whatever it is I'm not sure Hall of Fame and Player of the Day who's your Player of the Day? Uh, my Player of the Day is Joe Denley I just think that through the course of the series it's not always been uh, it's not always been without chance it's not always been flawless it's seldom been flawless but he's shown maturity um, he bounced back he's got this resilience about him I just like his character I like his temperament I think that He's 33, and he'll be the first one out if they're looking to make changes yep. in a year or two time. But he's definitely earned those winner tours. He's earned the opportunity to bat with you know Rory Burns. They've been looking for an opening partnership post Strauss and Cook for I don't know seven years now or something ridiculous. And look, these guys may not be the long term answer, but I, I want to see how they go in the short term anyway. Yep, I'd maybe pop up Nathan Lyon as well, who I thought held things together pretty yep. much on his own um, through the start. He's had a pretty miserable last couple of tests, yeah. but was able to find something on that. Uh, on in this last innings and uh, w- when it was needed to p- pick up those three wickets. Hall of Fame moment. There was Denley, a- another broken box today. Denley oh, was yeah. hit so plumb, so much middle stump. The, the stump cam vision was kind of amazing because you, you watch him from behind and the ball hits and he just drops, just hits the deck. There's no slow going down. It was like, you know, a controlled implosion, Crump, thump. Yeah, he went straight down on his knees a la David Lloyd, however many years ago it was in 1975. So we had a lot of similarities to that tumble forward. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely worthy. And it was Joe Root up the other end. He got hit in the box twice, actually, Denley, in the space of about half an hour. The second yep. one wasn't quite as brutal. But, um, yeah, how, how often have we seen... Well, Joe Root had a box smash. That's what I'm saying. We've had two smash boxes. Um, and, and, and Root, of course, was standing next to Alistair Cook when he got hit at Slip a few years ago yep. and at Cardiff and was hosing himself laughing and... 
Yeah, it seems to follow him. And then Lee then had to try about three different other boxes that kept getting ferried out to him because the replacements didn't quite fit. He was <laughs> he was sort of doing the moonwalk at times, trying to get it comfortable, and it wasn't working, and another one had to be changed. On another podcast, might have been a TV show, I can't remember now, they were talking about guys that wear two boxes the other day. Double boxes. I've, I've, ne- I've never thought of how you could do that. But hey, oh, wait, you know. Know, sorry, you know what Hall of Fame actually is? Okay. There was a discussion after this on, on TMS about why it was that boxes weren't padded on the inside and they were they were uncomfortable, you know, yep. they, they, were, they had a hard inner. And they were talking about how there should be some sort of, you know, maybe you could personalise, crochet some sort of inner <laughs> padding. I went up to the, uh, the, the, the other radio box in, in the last session. Um, Jim Maxwell's wife, Jen, was up there. She's a very keen craftsperson, does a lot of crocheting and quilting and... Uh, she had her wool with her and she was knitting a box in her. Oh, uh, she, she'd worked out a pattern <laughs> and was knitting a personally uh, personally knitted woolen box padding strap, which I don't know if it's going to Joe Denley, well, but she had, she's taken the idea and she's run with it. That's Hall of Fame. I think that is spot on, Jen. You're in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to ask Jen <laughs> to make me one of those for next career season. I'm sure she'll be happy to do so. That's sensational. What's an innovation? Um, t-shirts, if you want to win yes. the final word, Seabus T-shirt. Uh, we'll have a couple more days chance to do that. Just spread the word about the podcast. <laughs> I, I tell in you any what. way, Skyright, uh, tell <laughs> You know, put it in your school newsletter and just send us um, some evidence of, that you've put it out there in the world. I'm not sure we'll how many you. people have written in, and I have a vague Lots. idea of how many shirts we've got, but we're going to have to do so much work to go know, back through our I Twitter know, and I Facebook know. feeds, and that's a good problem to have. We've got a lot more people in shirts, but we will try to get more shirts. We'll try we to get will. as many shirts to as many people as we can. Absolutely. So final word, bring your shirts and people together. But, you know, send us send us your stuff. Go and check out uh, CBUS. They are the only industry super fund that is run for members, not for shareholders. For us by uh, you can get a PDS at cbussuper.com.au. <laughs> you can also uh, remember that past performance is not necessarily dictated. Uh, well, future by past. You know what future I mean. Future past. performance is not dictated by past performance. Watch out for that. That can get you. Um, nonetheless, this has been the Ashes Daily. Day three of the fifth test match. A couple of shows to go, maybe. Check <sighs> out the weekly show. We've got a big weekly show with Andy Zaltzman that we put out a couple of days ago. We've got the one with Pat Cummins from a week before that. Great listens. Go and find them. If you want to throw us a couple of bucks, go to the patron.com slash the final word page and sign up there for a nerd pledge so we can guess your number. There are so many things you can do, so many ways you can get involved. If you want to have dinner with me, drop me a line, see if I'm free. <laughs> uh, this has been The Final Word, Ashes Daily, Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins. See you tomorrow. Bye. Sorry if I ran out to empty wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.